0: What's good? What's good? What's good? It's Julius here. Uh, first episode of the my first podcast. You know we're gonna call it Inside Julius's Mind. It's gonna be one of these uh, type of podcasts where I hit on every single thing, and I'm gonna do it every Saturday so I can get basically whatever happened in that week, and then just comment on it on Saturday. Simple, right? Uh, So for the people that, you know, don't know too much about me, my name's Julius. You know, I got a typical name. Not really. I don't really know how I got the name. Uh, Louisiana born. I'm a sports guy, you know, but I'm also an intellectual, so I can talk on a whole bunch of other shit. (laughs) Uh, So I want to just hop right into it. I gave you my little introduction first thing I want to talk about is the uh, Stephon Clark situation I mean a lot of people are saying you know me included when is enough going to be enough you know when is it going to be like damn, this black guy got shot by the cop again. And you're not even surprised. You're almost like, she's like waiting for it. Like, damn. I was... And then in the same week of that happening, you get the, the hearing of like, what was going to happen with the Alton Sterling case. Same situation. Almost, you know. Um uh, Alton Sterling was caught on camera. Stefan Clark, the body camera footage was released. When they first released it, they said he got shot twenty times. The uh, the guy that did the uh I forgot what they call it said he was only shot eight times. And the only reason he died from or any of those shots could have been like fatal. But the only reason he died is because nobody got him any help. My personal view on this being a black man in America I'm gonna take the the quick militant approach to it that shit is getting old like I might joke about it a lot for people that know me you know like damn only thing I don't want is to end up as a hashtag but the shit happens so often that we don't like I don't even have, like, a a shield up for it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of just sitting there. It comes on the news. Unarmed black man in Sacramento, California, shot by cops. Hmm. Another day in America, I see. You know what I mean? And then you hear, uh, you get on, like, you watch, like, the news and stuff, and then you see, like, the difference in each case, you know, uh, like the Alton Sterling thing the first thing they did was brought up that he had a record those cops didn't know that nigga had a record until after the fact even in the Stefan Clark situation they tried to bring up a bad record them cops didn't know he had a bad record until after the fact so it's like in America if you get shot by the cops and you black you the, Even though you're the victim, they're going to make you look like you was the person that, you know, you caused your own shooting. And then you got on the flip side, in Minnesota, not to try to like raise beta, but I'm just going to keep it 100. You know, this is what this podcast is going to be about. Just me keeping it 100 the entire time. You got this white lady in Minnesota gets shot by a black cop. And normally, Fox News is protecting the cops. Blue lives matter. Maybe the cop had a reason to do it. This situation. (laughs) Oh, he was he was cited twice before this. Is that too much? Should he be there? What's his name? Tucker Carlson. He was already solid twice, and then this white lady, she's like, he has the, the perfect record. Not even a speeding ticket. It's like, I know racism still exists, but at least try to hide it a little bit better than that. You know, try to make me believe that you're not racist. Then maybe I'd be like, oh, it's a surprise now. You know what I mean? So when you do something that's racist, I'm kind of surprised. But then I'm like, hmm, whatever. That's your opinion, right? Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, But I'm going to go ahead and say it right here. You know, March 31st, 2018, those cops... Once shit happened to him, they'll be back on the force two months from now, three months from now, and then a month from now, we'll be back in the same situation. Some other black man in some other part of America, he'll get shot. We'll be surprised or we'll be like, oh, shit happened again. And then we'll wait. Everybody will be outraged. Nothing, Nothing will change. And then it's just like a cycle. Almost like the uh, the gun control or gun ban or however you want to see it, depending on your political affiliation with the school shootings. As soon as a school shooting happens, oh, I'm angry. Ah, oh, we need to take away the guns. We need to make it harder to get guns. And then <laughs> maybe a week, a month later, we forgot. But I do commend those kids at the Parkland shooting. Like, normally, just like with the uh, the Kentucky shooting that happened like, a couple of months before that. People forgot about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it. Was, people were angry. They said they needed gun reform. And then the next day, it was just business as usual. So... I really commend those kids even though people might say oh this this and this they don't feel genuine whatever I commend them because they're using their voice no matter however you want to look at them they're using their voice to get change so if you want to attack them that's fine he's just like a bully on the internet if you want to get behind them that's fine too but don't try to take over what they're doing with your ideology. So I know it's kinda for the first episode it kind of started off on like a dark note, but uh <laughs> let's uh let's try to lighten it up a little bit now. Now, this past week we'll get right into the NFL. Me being a Saints fan, I've been through heartache. You know what I mean? just this past season. We had a pretty good season though, all things considered, but just through this past season, it was uh it was hard. You know, but I bring up the NFL to bring up one of my uh, my favorite players in the NFL. Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham LSU, a former LSU receiver with the Giants. People tend to throw Odell Beckham's name in any situation, even if it wasn't him. I saw a video of this guy that got hit in at Atlanta, and they, uh, the person that posted it used uh, <laughs> Odell Beckham gets beat up in Atlanta. And I think it was at a gay club, too, so it's like double whammy. Nothing's like anything wrong with gay people, but Odell Beckham got this thing to where people think he's gay. He might be gay. He might not. I don't know. I can't speak on it. Uh, I just think the man just likes to dance but when you get to the, the status of superstar that Odell Beckham is being 25 years old in New York City it's kind of hard to dodge the spotlight right people want to be around you obviously he could be better at picking the people that's around him I mean I feel like everybody in everyday life could be better at that. Like, I probably got people that I shouldn't be hanging out with. But I do, because, you know, it's my friends or associates, whatever. Odell likes to hang out with these Instagram comedians. And he got caught with this uh, Instagram model. That's what I'm going to call it. And I think it was like Paris or whatever. And the video shows... I think it was like a a joint or a blunt in the video. And then it was like cocaine and all this other stuff. And rightfully so, if you have a contract or if you have a, a backing or a connection to any major organization or major corporation, that corporation's biggest job is to protect their image. So when it comes to Odell Beckham being seen in that light, that's the only time where I'll say, yeah, bro, you messed up. You shouldn't have been in that situation, right? I feel like we can all agree on wrong place and even horrible timing. And then he comes out a couple of days after that situation happens and says, I'm not playing unless I get a new contract. <laughs> Granted, we haven't seen a receiver's numbers like his since Randy Moss' first few years in the league. But timing is everything in the NFL. You know, the on-field antics with Odell fighting the uh, the kicking net and the Josh Norman situation and throwing tantrums on the sideline. Uh, Why people don't see that as a positive? I personally, I don't have any problem with it. You know, I want my superstars on the field to be as passionate on the field as they are off the field. For example, Michael Thomas, receiver for the Saints. He doesn't have the on-field antics of getting in a fight with the the, the, kicking, the uh, kicking net or whatever, but uh, he shows passion. So now, all the big talking heads around the country... Or telling the Giants to trade Odell Beckham. Nigga, what? You got what could be looked at in a couple years as the Jerry Rice of our time. And you want to get rid of him? For somebody that wouldn't be proven? I don't care what anybody says. Draft picks or just picks. Picks until they can show anything of what Odell has shown for the New York Giants organization. they not going to speak for themselves. When he's on the field, he's the best player on that field. When he's not on the field, you can tell that he's not on the field. And that may sound harsh, because Eli Manning has two Super Bowls without Odell Beckham. He has some of the most luckiest bullshit happen to get those two Super Bowls. Eli Manning is the king of, well, shit, let me close my eyes and heave that motherfucker up there. And if it land in the right hands, I'm good. But if it don't, yeah, okay, I guess I get over it. Now, me personally, if the Giants were to come off the asking price, for Odell Beckham, I would love to have him in New Orleans for Drew Brees' last two years, the league. But I know that's not going to happen because we cannot afford $20 million a year. So, me personally, if a team is out there and they want to trade for Odell Beckham, I think it should be the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Why not? Shit. Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Josh Gordon, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Carlos Hyde, if I take away the name of Browns away from that, you look at that Ross and you say, shit, the two weakest links that they may have is uh, Tyrod Taylor and Carlos Hyde. But then I throw back in there, they got the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. And then you say, maybe, shit, that could be a, a pretty good team, you know, just on paper. But we know football isn't played on paper. But the reason why I say you don't give up on a talent like Odell Beckham is because if you look at the top five receivers in the NFL, um, no matter who you are, it probably looks a little bit like this. Antonio Brown. Um, Julio Jones. Odell Beckham. Oh, fuck. What's his name? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. And then, um Mike Evans, a j green, um, Michael Thomas, so the names that you throw out there in my own personal top three I say Antonio Brown. Odell Beckham, Julio Jones. That's my top three of raw receivers in the NFL. Now, that top three is closer than most people might think. Only person that I really put outside of like 1A and 1B and then number two. So if my 1A is Antonio Brown. My 1B is uh, Odell Beckham. Then my number two is Julio Jones. Now, I know what you probably don't think. Are oh, you were saying that because you're a Saints fan? Blah, blah, blah. But I've seen that Falcons' offense be dominant without Julio Jones. And you can say it's the system. You can say all this other stuff. But it's happened. It's happened. You know, without Julio Jones, they could still be a top 10 league uh, offense in the NFL. Now, I say that to kind of say this, because it's kind of it's probably gonna kind of mess up what I said overall, because. Antonio Brown is a great receiver. Great receiver. Probably the best feed in the game since Chad Johnson. If we be in one But I've seen the Steelers be dominant without Antonio Brown. You know, the Steelers still have Le'Veon Bell, Martavis Bryant, um, uh, Juju Smith Schuster, uh, Jesse James, I think his name is, Ben Roethlisberger. Offense is still pretty damn solid without Antonio Brown. And I think that's what sets Odell Beckham apart from those two receivers in his own right because you can make a strong argument that he is the best receiver in the NFL because. I only know one receiver in the the NFL that can take a three-yard slant to the house. I've seen it happen multiple occasions. I've seen him make a post route to the house. Now, a post route is a deep route, so it's considered to go to the house. But I've seen him make some of the best DBs look ridiculous. And if the only thing you can say about Odell Beckham's game is a one-playoff game to where he played bad and all field antics, you got to come with something better than that. You got to. Because what receiver isn't a deal? I can only name one. Larry Fitzgerald. Other than that, Antonio Brown got busted for Facebook Live and, then, uh, and after a playoff game, <laughs> you know, AJ Green was fighting on the field with uh, Jalen Ramsey. Julio Jones is the same way. So when you say all oh, the receivers are too emotional, fuck out of here. Get out of here. Cuz that's what the they got to be emotional. You got to be emotional if you play football. You got to be Because if you're not, you got grown-ass men trying to take your head off. Every damn play. (laughs) Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. I couldn't do it. You know? So, I'm going to change my list. I know I said 1A, 1B, 2. 1A, best receiver in the league, hands down, without question, is Odell Beckham. Every route, he can run it. He can take it to the house from any position, slot, out wide, hands are gold. And he has the confidence. The NFL needs Odell Beckham in the league. Look at the NFL this past season. Other than the um the controversy of whether to stand or sit for the national anthem only thing that was really exciting about the NFL this past season was them being able to celebrate. Call it a hot take. Call it what you want. I'm sticking to it. We need more characters like the Odell Beckhams. Think about how fun the NFL was when you had Chad Johnson, Ray Lewis, and all those players in the league at the same time. what a time to be alive right what a time to watch football you know so me personally we're going to uh, we're going to need people like those high personalities especially with Tom Brady on the the backside of his career you know people like to say Tom Brady's humble that motherfucker's not humble Far from it, actually. I've seen Tom Brady getting in people's faces. Like that one game they had against the Seahawks a couple of years ago. He throws a touchdown pass. He runs all the way down the field. Gets in Richard Sherman's face and just starts yelling at him. Let's go, you know. So the NFL needs that. Especially with the views down. Right? Now, I say all that, I'm glad we're going to kind of stay on the NFL topic. We're going to go right into free agency. Free agency has been exciting. I feel like, personally, NFL free agency is better than the NBA free agency year in and year out. Because you have those teams that go 100% in. In the free agency. In the NFL. And they suck team that I can really just stand out to me right now. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I remember they had Darryl Reeves had somebody else. Uh, Gerald McCoy. Um, and I think they may have won like three games that year. But defense wins championships, right? <laughs> then you had, um, Philadelphia a couple of years ago. They had Namdi Asmoa. Um, uh, Brandon Maxwell and it was a no fly zone in my uh in uh Philadelphia until the season started and then everybody was flying <laughs> and then um who else So it's a whole bunch of like free agency bus that you can kind of just look at and point out and just laugh at it now because like I remember when the same sound Brandon Browner. You couldn't tell me that our defense wasn't going to be cold. Because I was taking it through with the fact that what made him so successful in Seattle, he had just come came off of winning the Super Bowl with the Patriots. So if you look at it, you're like, damn, that's a pretty good play. That's a pretty good pickup. And then he actually starts to play, and we got the worst two defenses of all time in NFL history. So... You know, free agency with football is ten times more exciting because people throw all this money at people like Kirk Cousins, three years, eighty-four million guaranteed. What? I'm glad my quarterback old. You know how many quarterbacks about to be getting paid now? If you didn't pay your quarterback in the last two years and he productive, you would have to pay that boy in a couple of years. Uh. People that kind of stick out to me right now, shit. The top extra of quarterbacks have kind of gone down now. I think the top 10 quarterbacks are old and on their way out. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is due for another payday. He might get something like Kirk Cousins got. Cam Newton, same thing. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be $84 million guaranteed, but a lot of that check going to be uh, guaranteed. And then with the CBA coming up in 2021, that's going to be something the players got to stick to their guns because most of the shit that they complaining about now is their own fault. So you got Cam Newton, who's probably coming up on the contract. Uh, Matt Ryan. Who else? Who else? And that's both in my division alone. Uh, Derek Carr just got paid the young gun. If Deshaun Watson stays up to what he did before the injury, uh, the injury in a couple of years, the Texans going to have to pay him. Um, let's look at the Northeast, those teams. Baltimore is probably going to be looking for a quarterback soon, Joe Flacco ain't what he used to be. Who else, who else, who else? Damn, it's kind of hard thinking about it because everybody just got paid. Phillip Rivers is on his way out. Jared Goff is due for payday in a couple of years. I know he's still on his, uh, his rookie contract, so this is year two. So I think it was a four-year contract for the rookies. So probably around year three, the Rams are going to have to look at paying him. And they throwing out so much damn money in this year's free agency, they might not be able to keep him. Because they got to pay Aaron Donald. Uh, they got to pay Marcus Peters if they want to keep him. They're going to have to pay Akeem lead because he probably got a couple more years left in him. And then you look at the offense. They got Ty Gurley that they're going to have to pay. So they're going to have to make a decision. Granted, they are in L.A., so they probably got more money than most of those, you know, mid-market teams normally have. And then you got uh, Philadelphia Eagles and Wentz. Wentz is going to be due for a payday. So this, this deal by the Vikings, from a business aspect of it, it fucked the rest of the NFL. But from a player's aspect of it, I love it. Because if you're getting paid... And in my head, I am better than you because I've won more games than you have. You gotta pay me. And if you come to the table saying anything less than eighty-four mil, what you talking about? We ain't got shit to talk about if it ain't eighty-four mil and above. Then you got uh, the Rams. The Rams cut. Uh, not the Rams. The Raiders. Raiders cut uh, guy what's his name? Michael Crabtree. He signed with the Baltimore Ravens. They signed Jordy Nelson, who, without Aaron Rodgers, is eh. That's not all I'm gonna say. Now, Derek Carr is a great quarterback, in my opinion. I think the uh, the scheme has to fit his talents, but you need a lot for Jordy Nelson. So, Amari Cooper, Jordy Nelson, uh, I think they got a Marshawn Lynch, and I think they signed a running back in free agency. Oh, shit, I forgot about the Dolphins. The Dolphins are probably going to be drafting the quarterback because Tannehill sucks, but you really don't expect much out of people that come from Texas A&M besides Mike Evans and Von Miller. And I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, but yeah, you know, like with free agency, my team has not really had a lot of money, but we do what we can <laughs> to kind of stay relevant. We just draft better. You know, nobody saw Marshawn Lattimore being a lockdown corner that he was this past season. Nobody saw Alvin Kamara coming. I didn't see him coming. It kind of surprised me when we drafted him. Ryan Ramchek. The uh, offensive tackle was probably the best offensive line that was offensive alignment that was a rookie this past season, so this and then Marcus Williams who was a great safety, you know, even without that last play of the year against the Vikings, he had a pretty damn good season uh, who else but yeah, you know NFL free agency is exciting, you know. NBA free agency is fine, but when you see, you know, players, for example, this is going to be funny coming from me because the team that I'm a fan of, the Golden State Warriors, when we signed KD, there was no doubt in anybody's head that upcoming season that they were going to be in the championship. If they were going to win, I don't know. Besides Nick Wright, but nobody really take what that motherfucker say serious. He was talking about the motherfuckers losing in the first round, Skip Bayless too, you know. But besides them, people knew what was about to happen. You know, like we all knew what was going to happen once they got to the finals. And it was a gentleman's sweep. Cavaliers won one game. And the only reason they won that one game was because them motherfuckers came out and shot lights out. So me personally, back to where I started, the NFL free agency is 10 times better than the NBA free agency. Now, transitioning to the NBA, uh, they announced the uh, Hall of Fame basketball inductees. Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Ray Allen, there was a few other ones, but those are the three I'm going to kind of focus on. Jason Kidd was probably one of the best point guards that ever played in the league. Got him a ring with the uh, the Dallas Mavs. Probably one of the best passes in the league, too. But his coaching prowess hasn't been that good, um, all things considered, right? <laughs> He got fired from Milwaukee, which I thought was a little premature. Uh, He got traded from the uh, Brooklyn Nets, which I thought was a good deal for Milwaukee. Because Milwaukee, in all estimates, they have a pretty good lineup. They had the Rookie of the Year last year, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think I pronounced that right if I didn't, whatever. Uh, That's the nucleus of that team. Within a couple of years, once LeBron decides to do whatever he's going to do, whether he's going to leave Cleveland or uh, retire, whatever he decides to do, that team is the team to watch for along with the 76ers. Uh, but then you got Steven Nash. Steve Nash is probably one of my favorite players growing up because he was so swagged out on the court. Now, when I Today's age of what we say "swag" is different from what I mean. This motherfucker like somebody that couldn't play basketball, but he could. It was crazy to me. The long hair, you know, when he was it was when he was with Phoenix, to be exact. They was the number one seed two years in a row. No championships because, you know, Kobe and the Spurs. But those teams were damn good. I blame Mike D'Antoni. Uh, damn good three point shooter. Damn good passer. Damn just all around good shooter. This is going to sound crazy, but I think Stephen Curry is Steve Nash 2.0. The way that they change the game in their own way is almost identical, but Steve Nash is a better passer. Curry has better handles. Steve Nash is a better passer. And last but not least, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Also known as Ray Allen. Probably one of the best three-point shooters of all time. But if you watch his early highlights, it was just him dunking the entire time. With the Milwaukee Bucks, Seattle Supersonics, Ray Allen used to be hella athletic. It kinda just shows you how you have to change your game in the NBA over time and you're not like the upper echelon players. When you're not in that LeBron, Michael, Kobe era. You know what I mean? Like when you're not the top three all time, even though people don't consider Kobe top three. That's to another hear earlier. I won't get into that. That's a, that's something I'll hit up on another episode. Uh, if you guys decide to like this one. But um It just shows how you have to change your game. You always have to be willing to uh, be better than you were. Now, I remember when everybody was like, when around 2007, I remember this vividly. People used to say, man, if LeBron James worked on his three-point shot, he'd be able to take over any game. Now I'm not. This is not about to end with me saying LeBron James is a 50% three-point shooter or whatever. But his three-point shot has gotten a lot better than what it was. His post game has gotten a lot better than what it was. In my opinion, in today's NBA, LeBron James is the best player in the NBA. Closely behind him is Kevin Durant. But LeBron James, to this day, is the best player in the NBA. All the time, y'all can debate your grandpa with no bottom teeth. I don't really care about all time. But right now, LeBron James. But back to Ray Allen. The reason I want to talk about Ray Allen a little bit more is because he just got a book uh, released. And uh, he's been on this campaign. And I'm not going to say it's the forgive me campaign because I don't think he really cares either way about his former teammates in Boston. But a lot of people have been asking him Do you feel like you should have handled it better? Do you feel like you could have handled it better? Man, I am not going to tell what man to do with his family. You know, that's just like me coming into your house and saying, hey, bro, you ain't got no milk. Why you ain't got no milk? Oh, I ain't went to the grocery store yet. Well, you need to go to the grocery store. Well, the grocery store is closed. Well, you got to do something. No, if he saw the better opportunity of getting a championship with Miami, keep your mouth shut. Shut up. He got y'all, y'all got a championship together. Y'all got what y'all set out to do. Y'all were getting old. He saw it coming. And a couple of years after that, they broke that whole damn team up. KG, Rondo, all them, Paul Pierce. Big baby Kendrick Perkins, y'all got a championship. Y'all talking to let that shit go, for real. Let that hurt go. So I'm I'm really excited to have you know three of my favorite players getting into the Hall of Fame. I can't wait to see the speeches because they, I mean me not being a basketball player myself, watching them was like, damn, maybe I could. Because none of them were physically gifted. Ray Allen was athletic early on in his career. But towards the later part of his career, you you make it kind of feel like, damn, maybe I can do this too. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm really excited for those guys. I'm really happy for them. And then, um, you know, yeah. But that's going to wrap up my first episode of Inside of Julius's Mind. I hope you guys love it. You know, subscribe. Add me on um or follow me on Twitter at Julius Score @Julius taught her um Instagram is the same name. And you can find this in your favorite podcast place inside Julius's mind the Apple store I might put this on SoundCloud I don't know Uh, but let me know you know send me some DMs of what you want me to kind of hit on next because I'm always taking on options uh, taking on topics because I want to let people know what I'm thinking so you know maybe you might have some of the same ideas maybe you don't agree with what I said but that's what you know the first amendment is for right